Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light! All night light! All night light! Here we go! Here we go! Ah! Keep it all! Keep it all! Keep it all! This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Great to be back with you. I'm James Rapine. He is Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 923thefan and 923thefan.com. It's great to be with you. It's been it's been a while, Daryl, since I got to sit in this 5 by 8 room that we do this podcast in with you. I missed it. I got to be honest. I missed you. Be blessed. Wow, really? No, I miss you back? Okay, all right. I know how this podcast is going to go. Well, okay. see, uh, my coping mechanism is usually snark and laughter yeah, when, I'm yeah. in a, when I'm in a deep state of depression. Mm-hmm. That's that's my coping mechanism. Yep, so we're when supposed I get, to be partners. When I get extra depressed and extra lonely, I get really snarky and mean. So yeah. that's, it's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear more uh, about uh, Daryl, make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, How's and that wherever you get going? your podcast. Oh, yeah. The Browns beat writer who's seen like four wins in the past 32 years is talking trash about the Indians. We're going to get into the Indians. I wasn't talking trash. I was asking you a legit question. We're going to get into the Browns. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, it's been a, a little bit. The la- our last show was the Browns post-draft show, which I enjoyed much more than you. We will do a little Browns today. Uh, we will do some Indians today, but that's not about today. Today... Is about the Cavs, and that's where we start. John Beeline, you didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. No one saw this coming. I never heard one person say John Beeline was a candidate for the Cavaliers' job, and yet here we are. I love this. I love this. I love this. What do you think, Mr. Ryder? Did a double take, but the resume is impeccable. The only question, um, you know, the fact that he's 66 years old, going to be 67 this coming basketball season, and, you know, how NBA veterans are going to uh, work with or relate with him, I, I, the, those are the only questions I have. I, I mean, you can't argue the hire. Uh, one of the best uh, coaches in college basketball, uh, he has proven time and time again that he's a winner. He's never had a losing record anywhere he's coached. He has shown the ability to adapt to personnel uh, that he coaches with, which is uh, obviously very, very important at the NBA level. He's not stuck in his ways. Uh, We've seen that. So I I like the hire. I I admit was totally caught off guard by it. Um, I was surprised that they made the hire before the draft lottery took place, but uh, I like it, and and I really don't have um, I don't have any criticism of it. I, let, I really don't. Let me go to to where people are that are critical of it, because there are people out there that don't like it. There there for, are, for, there are a few, for, but for I, think a that, I think I think I think the returns have been more positive than sure than negative. And, and I don't know how you couldn't because his resume because of his resume because he literally is one of the best basketball coaches on the planet. Like, you can say that about college coaches, and people, they get ahead of themselves. They, oh, no, it's a college coach, or blah, blah, blah. 
I think he can coach at the pro level, and I think that that's yeah. one concern is obviously he's never done it. So that's one thing. The other thing I think people uh, have been critical about is his age, 66. I went on a, a radio show this morning, and they're like, is this a long-term hire? And, and here's my issue with that. How long do coaches actually stay with the Cavs anyway? Two years. Uh, you know, like, I hope, it, like, a win-win scenario, regardless of the draft lottery, and I know people are worried about that and focused on that. Right. John Beeline, who, by the way, I think is a home run hire, even if you did get Zion, even if you did get the number one pick. like right. That's the guy I want guiding these youngsters, these 20-year-olds that are trying to find their way. But to me, why not bring in someone who can build a culture? We've talked about it a lot when the Cavs, uh, post-LeBron, pre-LeBron, when LeBron left for four years, guess what? There was no culture. There was no team. There was nothing. There was no building block. So if John Beeline can do one thing, it's build a culture. I saw it at Michigan. What was Michigan before him, basketball-wise? They Not had their good. issues. You know, West Virginia, it's pretty good there for five years before he went to Michigan for 12. If he can build that type of culture, doesn't mean he needs a coach here for the next 12 years. If he can build that kind of culture and kind of set the calves up, a lot like some of these smaller market teams that have success, we see Portland in the Western Conference Finals. Yep. I love that. That, that's the goal. That's the blueprint. It is a team that's just really well run. It's going to make the necessary moves. Uh, it, it is has a culture, has something outside of its star. So yep. Zion, no Zion, doesn't matter to me. Culture's important. And I think John Beeline, much better than David Vanterpool or some of these NBA assistants who've never been head coaches ever. Which, by the way, I was convinced that and was not the Cavaliers were going to go. Yeah, and Vanterpool might not be that guy. I, I don't know if he's a head coach or not. I didn't even look George at his resume. Jordy Fernandez. Yeah, th those type of guys. Yep. Like, maybe they end up being good. I think John Beeline, I'd, I'd much rather roll the dice with him because it's it's a risk regardless. Much rather take a risk on a guy who's proven and, and been a really good head coach for two decades. Well, here's what they're doing. They're doing the same thing that they've done with the GMs uh, because, again, Dan Gilbert doesn't keep his GMs beyond the, the first contract, which is usually four years in length. Um, that's his track record. So, I don't expect Beeline to coach the full five years. I think he'll coach two, three, maybe get to the fourth. Uh, it'll be his top assistant will be the coach in waiting. Similar to when they hired David Blatt and Ty Lue was brought in as the, the top assistant, similar to what the Lakers are doing by making Jason Kidd the top assistant. I mean, they might as well just name Jason Kidd the head coach now. I, I don't – just the Lakers are a dumpster fire. But – um, I, I think that wh wh whoever gets hired as that top assistant for Beeline will be very, very important. Certainly is going to have NBA coaching experience, maybe not head coaching experience, but has been an assistant in the league to help Beeline. Because the game's different, no mm -hmm. question about sure. it. The, the NBA game's much different than the college game. Um, and uh, I, I got to think because Beeline's more of an offensive guy, they'll bring someone in to be that top assistant that has a little defensive focus. All that being said, you know, I, I just I fully expect that they'll set up like a coach in waiting down the road, like a succession thing. So you do build that culture again, like the Indians have done over the years with their GMs, you know, where they, uh, you know, John Hart handed off to Mark Shapiro and Mark Shapiro became the team president. He mm -hmm. handed it off to Chris Antonetti. Chris Antonetti has moved up to the front office and now it's a churn off the, the GM. And, and that's what good sound successful organizations do. And I think that that's what Dan Gilbert might be aiming for here with the Cavaliers going forward, that, you know, if they're 
if the volatility continues as far as like changes being made, the changes will be made internally. Mm-hmm. So it's not as you know. Again, going back to so it's David, more consistent, David, right? David so Griffin, let go. Culture. Kobe Altman gets elevated. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you keep it in house, and so you, you you're able to keep a lot of your organizational knowledge that had been already built up, and maybe your your philosophies and scouting and stuff like that. Same thing goes with the coaching. So again, I, I like the hire. I I have nothing really negative to say about it. Um, I am interested to see how Beeline uh, adjusts here to the NBA. It's not like college. You, you, in the NBA, you practice maybe once or twice a month, especially when you get into the media of the season. It's not like college where you, you do practice a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. In between, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be thrilled that he doesn't have to go out on the recruiting trail anymore and, and, and beg kids to come to Michigan and, or, I mean, uh, and, and, and get them to, you know, get the boosters to slide a couple envelopes uh, in certain directions and all that. Not, not that that goes on in college basketball. That would never happen. Duke did not pay Zion Williamson to go to Duke. Here's the thing, but, though. But I think that those are things that he's that, that why you point out the age of the, the 66 thing, I think that that's why maybe it might not be as big of a deal now because the workload kind of decreases a little bit for him. You know what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying, and I the, re- the response I, I, I understand. Yeah, because he's not picking the players too. He's not going out right. on the yeah, and, and as a. A college basketball coach, you're running everything. You are your GM. Yeah, you're the you CEO. Are your, you're, you're everything. Correct. Yeah, you're, you're everything. So I, I under I gotcha. By the way, you mentioned assistants. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN said JB Bickerstaff is expected to discuss the possibility of an associate head coaching role. So so you mentioned potential assistants and being kind of the heir to the throne. Right. They interviewed JB Bickerstaff. That's a name to watch. I, I certainly think uh, that anyone that you interview. It is is someone that to pay attention to, uh, and especially you're right defensively. Uh, if you could find a, an assistant that can help defensively, especially with Colin Sexton, that's probably his Achilles heel. Everyone talks about the assist numbers. I think defensively is the thing where he can improve the most on. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think you and I agree, great hire. And it to me, th- this is what this is what says most about it. And I just said it a few minutes ago, but. If, if, in why it's a good hire, because if you would have said the Cavs got Zion Williamson and then that led to them getting interest from a guy, a coach with the resume like John Beeline, I'd been like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, because now it becomes an attractive job. They got it regardless. So I, I know you don't want to talk about the draft lottery. Draft lotteries tonight. We're recording this in, uh, on Tuesday morning. Regardless of what happens tonight, they found their coach. Yeah, he could. He could. And that's the positive. He, commi- he committed. To the Cavaliers before knowing even where they're going to land, or what what type of player they're going to get, and mm-hmm. I, and again that there that is a positive, and that's all the more reason I feel good uh, about the hire because he didn't hold out and say, well, let's uh, wait until after Tuesday night and see see where things go. He says, no, I'm in, I want the job, and again, that's fantastic for the Cavaliers. We're going to talk tribe in 30 seconds. The Cavs aren't going to get the number one pick tonight. I'm just throwing that out there. I threw that out yeah. there three weeks, three weeks, three months ago, and all yeah. you did was yeah, I know. chastise. I, I completely changed. And admonish me. I, I'm just so we will cold take no, ourselves. You... No, we will cold take ourselves tonight. Yeah. I, next podcast, I promise you, if they somehow do, we will destroy ourselves for saying this. But I don't think there's a chance in hell they get the number one. You... It just, it, it, I, I don't feel, I don't feel lucky. No, 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 no,
No, I don't you, feel lucky tonight. I, I'm I I'm worried they're not even going to end up in the top three. I'm worried, Daryl. You, you don't get to pull this on me. I'm worried, Daryl. You're you're new. You're new. You're new to. You don't get to pull this on me. Okay, I, I told you months ago they were not getting the number one. Go go back into the podcast. I know. Archives. I remember hearing you saying. I made over fun of you and over, and all you did was chastise, ridicule. Yeah, and because make it was ridiculous. You called me negative, Nancy. You were calling me names, and now you're gonna take my bit from me on the day of the lottery and play the. Oh yeah, by the way, I don't think they're getting the number it's one. Nine pick. hours away, they're not getting it. I don't, Get out I, of I, don't, here. I don't feel lucky today. And not, not, I didn't wake up feeling dangerous today. I woke up feeling unlucky. And not, and and not, and you want to know why I'm not all that thrilled to see you. He's it's, stuff, it's stuff like this. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Let's dive into it now. The Indians, 219 team batting average. As we record this, they're 21-19, about a, a couple hours away from playing the White Sox in game two of a two-game series in Chicago on the south side. It was there last year, by the way. Um, what uh, what are your thoughts on the – because I, I look at the Tribe and I just think it's it's going to be tough for them to impress fans. You and, think? And, and what, what I mean by that is – did I turn your mic off? Oh, your mic got turned off. I like that idea. Oh, you there mean we so go. I, did it, I did an entire segment. It- no, just now. You just said you think. That's all. That was the only thing that didn't – it didn't go on the air. Changing, um, stealing I think, my Cavs bit, turning off my mic. I, I stayed here for this. Here's the thing. I stayed here for oh this. Oh, my God. You go ahead. You don't have a, a temper tantrum? You're older than me. You're right. And you're having a temper Wait, tantrum. No, I'm not having I'm I'm just grumpier. Grumpy Daryl. Yeah, that's true. The get older off, I get, the grumpier I get. Get off your lawn. <laughs> no. I, I, I seriously have turned into get off my lawn guy, I by the way. I think the ownership and front office has put this, this Indians team – in this roster and these players in an unfair spot. And, and here's why. Because now people are, are looking at Carlos Gonzalez and expecting him to be, to be something he's not. And he, he certainly has passed his prime. But they're hoping that he had something left beyond what he did. Including me. I was one of them too. I thought it was a pretty good signing. He clearly is hitting 222. Not the guy that you want starting every single day. Oscar Mercado gets called up today. Suddenly, oh, the season is saved. Suddenly, he's a savior. Like yeah, the pressure on this kid. I know it's it's like, so unfair. It, it, it sucks for him because he's 24. No one knew who the hell he was coming into spring training. No one was talking about him. And I get it. You could play the game. Oh, James, you got here in December. No one was talking about Oscar Mercado being this this guy that's going to be a huge part of the Indians outfield. And then he has a good spring, and he catches on with AAA and plays really well. And it's suddenly like, yeah, well, maybe I get it. I understand it. I also think he's going to have his issues. I also think some of these young guys are going to have their issues. Like, people suddenly think Jake Bowers just sucks. He's 23 years old, and he's trying to learn a new position. He's going to have his issues at the yeah. plate when he's trying to learn a new position. Like, some of these guys are, have been put in an unfair spot, and it's because ownership decided to cut salary. And it just it's coming full circle, and I get it. Michael Brantley's raking for Houston. That's the offseason move, by the way, out of all of them. That makes the most sense because if you'd have Michael Brantley on this team, you, you feel completely different about the outfield. I think you feel completely different about the lineup. But overall, I think the offseason moves have put the Indians roster and the players yeah. in a bad spot to, to have success and the expectations just higher than their talent and their level of of skill at this stage in their careers, whether it's early or late. Yeah, and you know what? And I'll do a mea culpa. I mean, two offseason moves that – uh, uh, that I had talked about at length um, 
I was wrong. Like, uh, I, I wasn't sold on, on keeping Michael Brantley because I was worried about the injury thing and whether or not he was going to be able to put up another year like he did uh, last year. And I was wrong about that. They should have keep they should have kept Michael Brantley. He'd be at, their best hitter right he, now. At, at, w- without question. Um, the, the other one was, is and we debated it, I, I wasn't in favor of trading Corey Kluber. Um, I, I, I just was a believer that you, you, you don't trade starting pitching. You certainly don't trade two-time side young award-winning starting pitching. Unfortunately, Corey Kluber is now hurt. And it's, um, you know, the trade value now takes a, a significant hit. Yeah. And hindsight being twenty twenty, they probably should have. Uh, traded him in the offseason. So I'll fully admit that my analysis of those two particular moves what what was not right. It, it, it has not uh, panned out the thought the way I thought it would. Um but that's why I'm not the general manager. That you know um it's up to the Indians to make these type of roster decisions and make them properly and they've not done that. You know, unfortunately, and we've talked about this James, their margin of error is none. They can't. They can't afford. They can't afford to make a mistake on a prospect. They can't afford to make a mistake on a guy that they uh, commit to and give significant dollars to. They can't afford to make a. They, they, they can't make it afford to make a mistake anywhere. And it's so. Uh, and it's such an inexact science. And especially with baseball, because it's a day in, day out grinder of a sport. So it, it, it's it's unfair, but again, I fall back on it's not my job to be the GM. That's why people are paid to do that job and 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 make those decisions, get it right. But it's so unfair how thin the Indians' margin of error is when it comes to their decision making process goes. That being said, they still got to get it right, um, and I just don't think that they were inherently set up for success this year. And I am, for the first time now, legit worried. And I realize it's mid-May. There is a ton of baseball that still has to be played. But I am, for the first time, legit worried that they might not make the postseason this year. Because yeah. their hitting is beyond awful. It's it, When you're in, like, their offense right now reminds me of the Cleveland Browns offense from... 2014 to 2017, where like they were, they, where they were near the bottom, and it was all the Manziel these, show. It, 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 part of it, yeah. Well, when they were in <laughs> near the bottom of all the, you know, the significant offensive scoring categories and sure. stuff like that. Well, that's where the Indians are right now. Okay, they're they're near the bottom of their batting average, on base percentage, uh, slugging percentage, uh, run scoring, and, and and all this. So I think because. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Tito Francona. I really do. And he might be the only reason I think that there's a chance in hell that this season could be salvageable is because of Terry Francona. Um, I think they got to go back to the basics. Get them on, get them over, get them in. I think the Indians need to start playing some small ball. I think they're trying. Like, I don't think they're, like, trying to hit home runs. Like, I just think they can't hit. I mean... They don't have one player hitting above 300 right now. Francisco Lindor, close at 296, was two for two yesterday with yeah. the leadoff home run. By the way, he's third in Indians history with 13 leadoff home runs. We'll see if he can get uh, Eclipse Kenny Lofton's 18 leadoff home runs. That would be second in, uh, in Indians history. Right. To me, like, it, yeah, I, I get it. And, and I still do think that there's a legitimate chance that they make the playoffs because this roster still is extremely talented. But here's the other thing. 
And I know people have talked about his struggles, and it's just it, it, this is how they've talked about him. It's it can is Jose ever going to get out of his funk? If I had a dollar for every time I was asked that, I'd have a lot of dollars. Yeah, Might he, not even need to talk to you and do this podcast. Well, considering I'm the one that's always asking that. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> one. You're one of the many. Um, and I get why. How about this? Hey, Jose, hit the damn ball. Like I, I'm tired of it. Like it's it is May 14th, and you're hitting worse. Your batting average is lower than Carlos Gonzalez. When Hanley Ramirez was DFA'd, his batting average was better than yours. When he was let go, sent down, done, washed up, over, he still had a better batting average than you. He was the better Ramirez as far as averages go. And I know average isn't the only thing, and there's all these metrics and on-base percentage, and you can look at different things, and he's got some, some of those stats are certainly better than Cargo's. But the point is, a lot of Indians fans today are saying, cut Cargo. Jose Ramirez has a worse batting average than Cargo. Wake up, Jose. Like, I'm done. Like, now it's on you. I'm not blaming it on anyone yep. else. I'm not saying it's this or that. No, it's you. You need to play better, my man. And if you can't hit 250, then the bargain that you were, yeah. and he looked like such a bargain through 2022. Absol oh, absolutely. Suddenly now I'm like, oh, my God. And, and I, we're not to the point yet where it's like, oh, you're stuck with that deal, and, and it's going to take a while for me to get there because it is such a bargain. But he just needs to be Jose Ramirez again. And so while I, I can be critical of what, what the ownership and what the front office did this offseason, we knew this team, regardless of the moves they made, keeping Brantley, that, it, you know, wh whether they traded Kluber, kept him, right. that if two of their top three, two of their top four starting pitchers would go down for signif miss significant time, yeah. Francisco Lindor would miss the first couple of weeks of the season and still not be 100% through mid-May, and Jose Ramirez would be dreadful, just awful, then they'd be in trouble. So all of those things that have happened, plus they've cut salary, plus they didn't make uh, positive moves. Most of the moves they made in the offseason haven't come uh, come back around to, to, right. to look like a positive. Carlos Santana's come back to, the, to earth after starting out extremely hot. Right. So you couple all that together, and they're 21 and 19, as we record this, I'm shocked. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm shocked they're where they are because honestly, they should be like ten games out and they should be sixteen and twenty five. Yeah, I mean they're they're right, they're right there with the Baltimore Orioles, and the Orioles are god awful. And yet the Indians, from a record standpoint, and the reason why James is simple, their pitching has their pitching has been good, including the bullpen. Yeah, the yeah, bullpen's I mean, been one of the best you, in the game. You you just you can't in you can't in the American League tell your pitching staff, hey. I need you to give up three or fewer runs for us to even have a prayer. Like you just you can't expect that. Yeah. You ju you just you can't. Um to me, if you're if you give up four runs a game in the American League, you should win. More often than you don't, okay? Um, because you don't have pitcher hitting. That's the other thing. Like those offensive rankings include national league teams who have pitchers hitting. Yeah. Think of, you Well so hell, half the Indians line up. Hits like a damn pitcher at well, this no, point. There are pitchers in the National League I, hitting better than the Indians' cleanup hitter. No doubt. Cargo was the cleanup hitter yesterday. I mean, it's like, it's insane. It's insane, and that's why, like, hey, you, you, you look know what? At this. I, I got the solution. Tito, ditch the DH and just have the pitchers hit. Oh, I don't. I, it can't be much worse. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, no, I, I, that, I, I realize I'm being. I mean, listen, I realize I'm being a smartass, and I'm saying it tongue in cheek, but I mean. It's insane. I, I, I'll just I'll ask you a very serious question here. Would it hurt? Not from a 
Yeah, ba- barely. Barely. Because the guys have to run the bases in. Correct. You it, might have to pull the guy early because you got to do injury a pitch, and all that stuff. Pitch yeah, runner yeah. and all so that. I but... wouldn't do, really do it, but yes, I get what you're saying. And it's like, like oh. It, it, and here's the other thing is some of these guys are just going to play. Yeah. Like Jason Kipnis. I mean, can they? But people are knocking Jason Kipnis. That's your starting second baseman. He's owed a ton of money, yeah. and there's no other option. Let me ask you this. You, you cover the team, so I, I want to get your take on this because um, my opinions really don't matter because I don't. I, I'm not in that clubhouse uh, on, on the regular like you are. Daryl's going to try to get me in uh, trouble in three, two, one, one. Is it as simple as they just hit their way out of this thing? Like right now they can't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. But because baseball is just an everyday grinded out sport, is it just I- entirely possible? The weather's been crap. They're coming home. They've got the Orioles who suck to high heaven. They should be able to get fat on them for a couple days. Uh, the A's come back to town, come into town. The Rays will be in town. Can they just basically hit their way out of this thing? Um, it, it's yes. Hold on, yes. First off, yes, because it is baseball and it is possible. Here's what I'll say about that. Look at you getting a call from the five one three. Anyways, um, all right, let's uh, let's break this down. It starts with who? Lindor and Ramirez. Lindor's playing borderline All Star level. For the past couple he'll, of weeks. he'll be their all-star this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so he's playing well despite the injuries, which testament to how great he is because he is not 100% yet. Enjoy him. That's not funny. Don't do that. Next time you do that, you're docked a dollar. All right? No, no, enjoy him. I hate that. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. It was a dumb comment by Paul. It's a dumb comment to keep bringing it up. Jose Ramirez, wake the hell up. Like, I'm done. I'm done with it. Like, it's on you now. Like, if I underperform at my job for six weeks, and sometime I can't, sometimes I can't blame my surroundings. I can't keep saying, oh, I'm just in a slump. No. Wake up. It dates back to last year. So, Jose Ramirez needs to hit like Jose. Wait, you expect to get better? And if those two things, shut up. If those two things happen, Lindor, Ramirez, it, transf- it transforms this offense. It does, because they're that great. They are. So you think, so you think from your perspective – Watching this, the the fact that Jose Jose is struggling, he mm-hmm. hasn't really recovered uh, from actually two thousand going all the way back to two thousand seventeen. Wow. you know um, the postseason. Oh, I see. Yeah, um, mid August of last year. Since and then he's yeah, been again, dreadful. Yeah, Under so, so, so he's basically had two straight years where he has tailed off, and then this year he just he's. There's just no gas in the tank, it appears, with him right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, are, are, is that fixable? Is he fixable? Did Was he just – was he – is this who Jose Ramirez is and he was just playing out of his mind a couple years ago? If that's – so that is the question, right? And if the answer is this is the new Jose Ramirez and he was playing out of his mind and that was the outlier time and this isn't, then the Indians will not make the playoffs. What do you think? Book it. What do you think? I think that the sample size is still smaller on this end, so I need to see more. But I'm officially worried. But 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 Now I'm officially worried that he cannot be that guy, and they made those moves this offseason with the idea that Jose was a star. Yeah, the idea that Francisco Lindor was a star. 
in if your stars aren't performing yep. and your rotation of Corey Kluber and Mike Clevenger and these guys, some of them are injured, and Trevor Bauer has his issues. Your starting pitchers, regardless of how great they are, they're going to have their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco is not going to be great every day. It's just not going to happen. It's baseball. It's a long, long season. We all have bad days at work. They pitch every fifth day. There's going to be some struggles here and there. So, to me, they need their stars to be great. And right now, considering off time, considering the way Jose's hitting, and considering injuries, i.e. off time, they've been awful. Like, right. if you mix them together, you know, it's just, it's been bad. Now, that's more Jose than it is Frankie. But combined, they need to be much better than they've been. And if they're not, this team will not make the playoffs. There's, who else are you relying on? I mean, let's look. Jason Kipnis? No. Carlos Santana? Well, he started off extremely hot. We knew that's not what he was. Right. And now he's back at that 270, around t- hitting 270 at the plate. Jordan Luplo? I like him a lot. Hell, I wrote a feature about him on 923thefan.com. <laughs> I like him. I think he could be a part of the future. Right. It's tough to rely on him to be a huge part of the offense on a playoff team. Jose Ramirez hitting in the five spot again today. Oscar Mercado. While I like him, and I think they should give him a shot, and he offers that dynamic in the outfield they don't have, which extreme speed. He has 24 steals this year. I like all that. It's a lot to put on a rookie. A lot to put on a 24-year-old who's never been here. Jake Bowers. We already talked about him a little bit. Roberto Perez. You're not getting anything at the plate from him. And I know he had that big home run the other day against Oakland. And Leonis Martin, while he leads them in home runs, he's hitting 220. It's it's a struggle. It's not Sorry, just, I just went through the whole lineup, but you need your stars because that lineup isn't going to do a complete 180. It's need your stars to perform. This isn't sustainable. I mean that that's that's what it comes down to, and that what is it? Four games the Twins are up on the Indians right now. Three, four games. Four. Uh, that it, it's going to grow. You know the the hole's going to start to to deepen. If, if if they do not come home and warm up offensively with the weather. Because the weather is about to become a non-excuse. Sure. We're, you know, I checked the forecast for the homestand. There's some nice days coming up, 70s and 80 degree days. So this, well, you know, we playing in chilly weather and damp and rainy and all that kind of like all those, you know, early season excuses that you, that mm-hmm. you have, and they're legit. Trust me, I played high school baseball. There's nothing fun about playing. Baseball is the worst and, right. sport to play in the cold. It's absolute. the absolute worst. A- absolutely. So I agree. But that being said now, um, the excuses go away. And let me ask you this now. How much longer do they or do we need to watch this um, or to give them for a little bit of a turnaround here to, to get this thing warmed up? How long is the leash before... It's it's what? Cell mode? Is yeah. that what you're getting to? I don't think we're close. Cell mode like, is completely different than just being or, or frustrated. Like, okay. I'm nowhere or, near or, that. Or maybe not cell mode, but just place. where you just realize this season isn't going anywhere. This season is not going to go where we had hoped it to go. Yeah, I, I think, hell, I think there are fans there already. No, um, no, no. I, I'm not talking about that. But I, I'm not there. This isn't yet. a fan thing for me. This is. Me? This is. This is as the person that covers the team for our station and someone who knows baseball and also, you know, is around that organization, how how much longer can this go on before you just accept the fact that, you know what, the offense is what it is, it is performing subpar, we're aware of it, ain't nothing you can do about it. Well, 
see, there, there's a lot there. One, I'm I don't. Sorry, but I, no, no, no. It, it's a loaded <laughs> question. One, it it starts, it begins, and ends this offense in this lineup, Frankie and Jose. So you need to get your stars playing like stars. Once that happens, suddenly Jordan Luplo or insert whoever you want, Carlos Santana, uh, Oscar Mercado, getting, Jake Bowers, like those guys won't be expected. They, they, well, like what it, I'm it getting at is like Jose, like for Jose, okay? Like how much longer do we go with him? You know, I'm looking for the window. Like am, it, do, do we need another three, four weeks to fairly assess this? Do we need another month? Do well, we, should, I, should, I mean, long should term, we wait, you're married should we to, wait him. To, to July. You're not going to cut him. No, no, no. You're I'm married not, to I, him. I'm not talking about moving so, on. I'm saying just when I look at this season and I see the trend, and right now the trend is a, is a negative one, even though they are treading water, they're still in the mix of things. If the playoffs were today, they'd be in the wild card and all that. I get it. But what I'm saying is, is how, how much more time – should we give this to months, evaluate months? months. We're, we're still forever away. So, I, so basically, we, like they, July 1st. if they're if they're four games out at the All Star break and are four games above five hundred, let's just say okay, and they're four games out, that's not panic mode. That's okay. not sell mode. They're right there. Okay, they're right there, and they'll be getting. They they probably would have just gotten Clevenger back a few weeks prior. Yep, and they'll be thinking about Corey Kluber's return, which is probably be about a month away at the start of July. So I think. I think, yeah, I, I don't think we're close to that. And it's easy in this instant reaction world, which is kind of the opposite of baseball, right? It's kind of the opposite. When you have a really long season, you want instant reaction and do these ground-sweeping takes. Uh, the, the sky was falling in Boston three right. weeks ago, and yeah. then suddenly it They're changed. They're red hot. Um, we've seen that with the Indians this year. They've won five straight games, and then they lose three in a row, and the sky's falling. Then they bounce back yep. and win a series, and then they lose a series. Like, they've been a roller coaster, and I wrote about that last week, too. It's been up, down, all around. That's going to continue. And I think they're good enough to stay above 500. I do. I actually, I do. I don't think they're a 79 win baseball team, okay. even with the injuries, especially because they're managed. They have a really good manager in Terry Francona who's going to push the right buttons. But who has, by the way, never had a losing season here in Cleveland. In fact, uh, I, I believe they have the best regular season record in the American League over the past six years since he's yes. been the manager here. Yep. So I, I mean, six. It might be seven. And Tito, we trust, and there's yeah. a good reason for that. Yeah. So he's he's going to push the the uh, the right button. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, I don't know how you watch the Indians right now. One, you're not having fun just watching them because they're just tough to watch at times. And two, they're not winning. Like you hope they would, and they're certainly not hitting. So more on that on our website at 923thefan.com. Up next, five minutes on OBJ and the Cleveland Browns. We'll do that with Daryl next right here on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back into the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Erpine. He is Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 92.3 The Fan and 92.3TheFan.com. Daryl, let's talk five minutes on the Browns. OTAs, organized team activities. They're beginning. They're starting. And it sounds like OBJ will be at OTAs, and so will my guy Duke Johnson. Let's start with uh, OBJ first. Are you surprised by this? Do you think this is newsworthy? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Does it matter? It's a good thing because people now shut the hell up and stop bitching about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, oh, especially for OTAs, it's good that he's there. Uh, he is practicing and all that. That's great um, because, again, you're you're actually on the field and you're doing stuff. Like, for the previous five weeks, they were lifting weights and meetings and like, – they weren't doing anything of real consequence that he absolutely had to be there, and it was life and death. Um, but welcome to having a, an NFL superstar. Uh, every every move and everything that he does and says will be dissected and parsed and criticized, all that. I, I'm just glad he's there so people will shut the hell up about it. That's fair. No, that's fair. Let's do it real quick on Duke. Duke that I'm a little surprised Duke with. Johnson. He's here. He's uh, at some point. He'll. I mean, he he is here. Uh, he uh, at least at the start of OTAs on Tuesday, uh, not practicing, but he's in the building, and that's a good thing, um, considering where uh, that relationship is perceived to be. Because his agent earlier this offseason requested the trade, and he didn't come in for the voluntary program. But I treated Duke in the same way I treated OBJ. It's voluntary. Like I, I'm not gonna lose my mind because players aren't showing up for voluntary work. Um, so that's a positive and it'll be good to see, you know, when he gets on the practice field and all that, that'll mm-hmm. be good to see. So um, they've, they've been, listen, I, I give John Dorsey credit. He's been very steadfast and I admit, I thought it was lip service. Uh, I thought it was uh, GM speak. Uh, even Freddie Kitchens, I thought it was coach speak when they were talking about Duke. He's a good player. And I don't want to discount that, but I was convinced that they were going to move him. The bottom line is, and from what I, they just they haven't gotten an offer that they felt it sure. was worth moving him for, here's and they weren't going to give him away. Here's what it, I'll say about Duke, and I've said it multiple times: you can't be average or slightly above average, if you want to call him that. And I think some fans think he is slightly above average as a running back. He was a really good player on a lot of really bad teams. But you can't be that and demand a trade. Right. You you can't be that and be a diva. You can't be that and not say, all right, I'm going to do everything I can to earn my paycheck and do it, and even though I don't like my role. Like, like you just – you can't. There are only certain people in, certain, in any industry that can get by with doing that. And he is not one of them. And so the reason I called him my guy when I when I tossed it to you there is because maybe Duke Johnson realizes it. I get being pissed off at your role. I get thinking you could do more elsewhere. And I get, right. to a degree, talking with management and saying, hey, I think it might be best if we part with I get all that. Yeah. But this idea that he can demand a trade, who the hell are you to demand a trade? So showing up for voluntary OTAs, I think that says a lot about Duke Johnson and uh, it, it's it's good on him, and I think it's his best shot to getting moved. Here, here's the thing with his role, okay? It, it, good player on a bad team. I still think he's a good football player. The The issue here is is that he's gone from, instead of the second or third option in the offense, now he's like the fifth, sixth, or seventh option in the offense. 
okay? Mm -hmm. Because the personnel's better. And that's not a knock on Duke as a player. That's 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 a tribute to the Browns getting better. Um, and also with the options that are available offensively. So um, I'm with you. If I'm in Duke's situation, and, and this is very – I recognize this is easy for me to say. If I'm Duke and I'm getting a couple million bucks a year – to be the seventh or the you know the fifth option on an offense yeah. on a winning team, <laughs> sign me up because that means my ass ain't getting kicked every Sunday, yeah, right? I agree. Um, Especially as a running back, right? When your but, shelf life is, is but also short. at the same time, the competitor in him wants to play, wants to have an impact, and I respect that in a guy. You know, he's shown when the Browns were really bad that he can make plays. He was one of the few players capable of making plays. And and I, I think that having more weapons in this offense opens up possibilities for him as well. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm interested to talk to him uh, in the coming days and in, in weeks here to kind of hear where he's at and his, his thoughts on some things. But, um, you know, if I were in his shoes, I, uh, I would be feeling good because that means that I don't have to carry the load on the offense. I uh, and he has eight games of being the number two guy. Yeah, like it, it's I mean, not like he doesn't have a chance to prove himself. And, and, and he got his extension last year. John Dorsey's yeah. the one that gave him that three-year, fifteen million dollar extension. James, which I think, I how think many he, guys has he extended that were here before yeah, him? Not many. You know, not many. And I think half of the fifteen was guaranteed. So uh, if if I'm Duke Johnson, yeah, I might want to trade because I want to play, but. You're going to be on a football team that's going to win some games this year and sure the hell beats the crap you dealt with uh, for, for the last couple years where you couldn't win and you were still pissy about your role. And understandably pissy at times because when you did have, touch the ball, you were making plays on a really crappy football team. So I get where Duke's coming from. Um, and again, it's easy for me to offer my my perspective or, or my thoughts on how I feel he should feel. Uh, but... Uh, it'll be interesting when we get to talk to him to to see you know where his head is at and and how he feels in the uh, post trade request uh, situation that he now finds himself in. Daryl will be at Brown's OTAs tomorrow, so make sure you follow him at Right or Wrong Fan on Twitter and check out his work at ninety two three thefan dot com. There's going to be a ton there as far as Browns goes. And the Indians, they're off tomorrow, and then they have an eleven game homestand. Starting on Thursday, so guess where the the number one spot is for all of our Indians coverage? Uh, for all of uh, any Indians coverage, the number one spot for it. Guess where it is, Daryl? Guess where it is? Um, ninety two three the fan. Ninety two three the fan You can follow me on Twitter at James Erpine. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast, including radio.com in the radio.com app and ninety two three the fan Daryl, this was fun. If things really, go well, it really was good to finally see you. If things go well tonight, even though in the you're draft lottery, I'll see you in two days. But I don't think it's going to go well because the Cavs aren't going to get the number one pick and they're not going to get Zion. And I stole that from you. Until next time, I'm James Rapine. He's Daryl Ryder. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.